Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers and welcome to episode 16 of Reviving the Soul. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark on its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But... I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds, and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. And they and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which was the breath of life. And those that entered the ark, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark and arose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. And the waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out everything that was on the face of the ground, man and animals, creeping things, and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left. 
and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 through chapter 7, verse 24. This portion of scripture closes the second Toledoth that began at the beginning of chapter 5 with these are the generations of Adam and opens the third Toledoth with the generations of Noah. Continuing with the theme of human depravity from our last episode, Moses reminds us that the earth had been completely corrupted by violence. As we saw with the Nephilim and Lamech before them, men reveled in their ability to commit murder and violently take advantage of God's image bearers. Therefore, in God's sovereign freedom and justice, he chose to destroy that which he had created. However, in God's sovereign grace, he also chose to preserve the human race through Noah, making him a type of Adam through whom God's promise of a savior would come to destroy the serpent who had deceived mankind into rebelling against their creator. It is incredibly important to remember that although God is a God of love and grace, he also must execute his justice. To isolate God to a single attribute, such as love, as many people do, creates hostility to the more difficult portions of Scripture. Yes, God is love, but God also must be just in order to exercise his love and vice versa. Is it loving of God to allow the actions of a rapist or murderer to go unpunished? What about a liar or a disobedient child? God cannot be condensed to one single attribute. We must understand that God's attributes are far more expansive and complex than what we could ever hope to understand. The Ark is one of the very first representations of salvation in the Bible. The Lord brought judgment onto the earth because of the increasing sin that had infected the hearts of humanity. And yet, God saved Noah's life via the Ark. Just as the Ark was beaten by the waves and withstood the great storm all while keeping Noah and his family safe, so it was with Jesus when he was beaten and bruised for the transgressions of repentant sinners. Jesus is the ark that saves sinners from the righteous judgment of God. As I mentioned before, God still must execute his justice. And so instead of pouring his wrath out on a repentant sinner, it was poured out on the perfect, spotless lamb of God when he died on the cross. So, if a murderer or a rapist repents of their sin and pleads with the Lord to show mercy, God will forgive them because Jesus has stood in their place and taken the penalty for their sin. There still may be earthly consequences for their actions, but when standing before a holy and righteous God on the last day, God will declare them redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and they will enter into his eternal rest as long as they have repented of their sin and come before the cross with a broken and contrite heart. We also read that God sees that Noah was righteous in his generation. And the obvious question is, what does that mean? We just learned that man is wicked and evil. So is any man truly righteous? Now, as we learned with Enoch, it is faith that pleases God. Not perfection, but faith. Now, in this case, Noah believed in God and his promise of the coming flood and salvation. A running theme in this passage is Noah's obedience. We read over and over again that Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him, or he did as God commanded him. This highlights the importance of our obedience to God's word and taking him at his word even when it doesn't make complete sense to us. For example, God calls all Christians to boldly proclaim the gospel in every context. Does that mean your job? Does that mean when you're walking on the street? Does that mean talking to some guy you've never met before? Are you obedient to that command? Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul also calls men to provide for both the spiritual and physical needs of their families. Are you obedient to that command? 
God calls women to support and nurture their families. Are you obedient to that command? Obedience to God is the natural fruit of godly faith. Now, I'm not saying that to truly have godly faith, you must be perfect in all things. But I am saying that if you truly love God and you truly believe in the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will love his commands. Seek to fulfill them. And when you fall short, approach the cross with a broken and repentant heart. In this text, we learn of God's justice, his grace, and the importance of obedience. Now let us find solace in God's justice. Let's find peace in his grace, and may we learn to love to be obedient to our Father. Not because we have to, but because we want to, because we love the Lord Jesus. Reviving the Soul is available on all listening platforms, including iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and many others. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider giving a donation by clicking on the link in the show notes. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at psalm19revive at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And until next time, apply all of Scripture to all of life.